Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Uh, welcome everyone to uh, this session. Okay, so uh, like I said, the topic is invest in my future and what you need to know about investing as millennials. And I think before we kick off, the big reason why this is important is all down to financial literacy. And financial literacy is just basically your ability to make informed judgments and take effective decisions regarding the use and management of money. Uh, money is very important, how you use money, how you invest money. And, you know, what you think about money, you know, really goes a long way to, you know, getting a financially secure future and being able to afford the things you want in life. So that's why financial literacy is uh, very important. You know, you making informed judgments. And the three speakers who, you know, we're going to uh, be speaking to you to today, uh, three speakers that I'm uh, very proud of. They're doing great things and they're also, you know, taking action in terms of investing, how they manage their money. And, you know, very, very proud of them and happy they'll be sharing their experiences and giving you a bit of tips on what they've been doing uh, in terms of money investment. So that uh, it's not uh, old foggies like me telling you what to do, but hearing from your contemporaries. Uh, this is just a very good article that shows you why this is important. Uh, this is an article from the Forbes, which says that 43% of Americans and a whooping two-thirds of the world's population are financially illiterate. So financial illiteracy, people not knowing how to use money, invest money, understand money, it's a global problem. It's not a white or black problem. It's not an Africa or America problem. It's a global problem. And the hope is that, you know, if you can all start you know, making the right decisions and making the right choices regarding money uh, that will set you up uh, very wealthy future. So the, the first speaker you're going to listen to is uh, Efe uh, called, uh, his uh, trade name is Ransom Efe. Ransom Efe, I, I met him quite a few uh, years ago uh, when we were discussing investing and, you know, he's someone that's taking it really on board. He's a full-time musician and TV personality. So I've told him that uh, he needs to invite me when he gets the Grammy nominated and he wins the Grammys. I need to be in Los Angeles with him. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's, he's apart, and that's what I love about what he's doing. Apart from being a musician and a TV personality, he's also realized the importance of uh, investing and how to manage his money well. Uh, so that's very good. So he's going to be the first speaker. Uh, second speaker is Riri. Uh, Riri, again, it's... Um, I've known Riri all her life. Uh, Riri is like my adopted, she doesn't know it yet, but she's my adopted niece. I've adopted her as my niece. Uh, so she's a, a law graduate uh, practicing law, uh, but again, someone who's um, taking money seriously and investing very seriously. So um, you're going to be hearing from her too. She's going to share with you her experience. And fi the final speaker is Dami. Uh, Dami is a, as an architect. Dami, is a very unique character and I love his history and I love his journey. His journey is, uh, it's very motivating because it shows that, you know, no matter where you're coming from, no matter what mistakes you've made in life, so long as you learn from them and you push forward, which is what actually has happened in my own life, 
so Dami is, uh, is someone that, you know, again, very proud of and very proud of where they're all heading. So just are the three speakers that I'll be sharing with you today. And then, like I so said, we will hope that you learn from the experience, learn from what they're doing, and hopefully you all start to make, you know, good decisions when it comes to money. So I'll pass back over to uh, Tosi. Tosi will then um, uh, moderate the session and she's going to, you know, call on the speakers, starting with Effie. Uh, so over to you, Tosi. Thank you so much, um, Dr. Remy. Um, I just also wanted to say that um, I didn't really get to properly <laughs> uh, introduce Dr. Remy for those people who are like, oh, who is this, who is, who's this person speaking? So Dr. Um, Remy is a medical doctor by profession, but however, he's also um, an avid private trader and investor in financial markets with over 20 years of experience, which I think is amazing. Trading and investing and global financial markets he also has other business and other interests. So if you also have any questions for um, Dr. Remy, because um, I feel like um, the definitions he provided at the beginning were really insightful, please do not hesitate to put that in the chat. So I'm just gonna um, call on Efe, um, if you wanna just uh, share your screen and um, yeah, ready, we're ready to go. Perfect. All right, good morning guys. I go by name of Ransom Efe. Um, I'm, I'm a musician, I do TV personality, I, do, um, I host TV shows. And what I've found is that investment is something that we need to do all forms of life, all walks of life. That's why I put the picture of this guy here. You think that when you're going to investment, money will just be pouring from the skies. This is kind of what you think. And if that's what you think, maybe you should take a step back and then walk into investment again. Because what investment is, and what I've learned is, it's about being financially literate, being financially stable, and being financially savvy, which hopefully you'll learn how to progress into as we go on. So yeah, this guy, obviously we all wish a dream for this, but let's be realistic. You know what I mean? You have to be realistic with how you approach it. So yeah, let's go into the first slide. Okay, here we go. So why and who should invest? In my opinion, I think everyone should really be invested in the market in different forms or different ways, but I think the market is literally for everyone. Um, when you're younger, you have different ways and different ways you can invest into the market and um, for example at, at a younger age you are more capable of taking risks because you know you've got a longer lifespan so you know you've got time to take such risks so this is why I would say everyone should be involved and as millennials this is definitely something we should pick up even if you're not at the precise young age there's different more secure ways of investing in the market be it funding be it funds if you don't know about funds, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But funds are a um, um, collection of shares put together. And then you, you put your money into that and they can be actively managed or not. But essentially, there's funds, there's ETF, there's bonds. So at this stage, there's no reason why you shouldn't be in the market anyone. So yeah, anyone should be investing. Why, why and who should invest? You should be investing if you're looking to create other streams of income. That is a main thing. I think one thing I've learned is, especially as a musician and someone who's just, I'm interested in a lot of different things and I've always wanted to be my own boss. That's how I've always felt. I've always felt, I don't want to be a worker. I don't want to live my whole life working for someone else. 
one of my favorite quotes is mind your business don't mind their business that's what we're doing a lot of the time when you go to work for a job xyz mind your business and if you can create streams of income which allow you to live passively then definitely do that and i do believe that investing and stocks and well yeah investing in stocks is definitely the way for you so yeah um planning for the future definitely something that we should all be doing as millennials i feel like within our community and this is what i've written here i feel like within our community especially and i've I've seen that growing up because a lot of my my friends, you know, their parents were kind of maybe more into like stocks and maybe their parents had passed a lot of things down. But I feel like within our community, we don't necessarily have generations of financial literacy. Um, and I think it's our time now to use that to our advantage. I don't necessarily feel like we have a large amount of people passing on companies and business secrets. And I think it's an important factor for us to change. So yeah, hopefully, that's one of the main things I can drum into you. It's about starting now and making steps forward. But yeah, we'll keep it going into the slide. So who should invest? You, everyone, everyone in this talk now, find ways to get into the market. Okay. Um, so why is this different from gambling? Because I know I speak to a lot of people and they said, oh, I'm not really sure about, you know, the stock market or investing because, you know, I'm not really keen on gambling. And then I look at them and I, and I, I like this, this quote, this is my favorite quote that I like to say to people when it comes to what I think about investment. So let's, let's read this. An investment operation is one which upon thorough analysis promises safety of principle and adequate return. Operations not meeting these requirements are speculative. So essentially, if you are doing the research on this investment, so it has to have analysis that's one thing that I, I kind of always found like when I first got into investment you feel kind of bombarded with a lot of different things you feel kind of like um what's the best way to go like there's so many companies in the world how am I going to keep a tab on what where I'm investing but essentially it's through thorough analysis that you will be able to make decisions. So that's what where the investment comes into. You, you need to make sure you have the facts, the figures. I'm gonna talk a little bit more in detail on what I would do to go about to get these facts and figures, but it's upon having the facts and the figures, you're making a safe, and it has to be a safe on principle. So it's like something that is not outlandish. It's something that's quite safe and something that will you, after doing the research, it's going to make sense and it's going to give you an adequate return. And anything other than that is speculative. And spe spe speculating and investing are two totally different things. I mean, there's forms of investment where you use speculation, but that is quite expert level. And at the end of the day, it's not necessarily investment. Investment is, let's make sure we've got all the facts and all the figures. And then from there, we can make a smart, clear, conscious decision on what we're gonna put our money in and how we will get an adequate return. So you're not trying to invest a bit now and get like a thousand percent immediately because unfortunately, if, if, if anyone could do that, then everyone would have all their money in said stocks and it would never work. But essentially you want to beat inflation, which I think if you come to talks like this and you, you know a little bit about finance. Inflation is 
the, the living cost and how much it changes year by year. And if investing in the stock market, and I use the word investing using the smart operations, using a thorough analysis will help you beat inflation year on year round. I mean, if you look at different fi facts and figures, the majority of people, even if I think you just follow the FTSE 100, the majority of people who have put their money on that have beaten inflation. So with thermal analysis, there's there's no stopping really. So anyway, we'll, we'll keep it going. So next, how do you approach the market? This for me is one of the most crucial things ever. I feel like at every seminar, someone always mentions this, but I think for me, the way it breaks down and how you can use it to relate to investing is too too perfect. So we'll, we'll break this down. Your financial goals need to be smart, specific. When approaching anything financially, you need to know every last detail. That's what we just said in the last slide. You want to have a thorough analysis on whatever stock or whatever whatever investment operation you're going into you want to make sure you've done you've done so much homework on it that you're, you're tired of it and um, so that's specific and measurable everything needs to add up you need to know what you're aiming for hence why we have the measurable essentially that part of doing the thorough analysis you need to measure out all the different things that's part of being thorough anyway let's continue a a achievable after looking at the facts and figures, is it still attainable? That's the first thing you need to ask yourself. After looking at the facts and figures, are the limits that you're looking for still attainable? That, that is probably one of the biggest things that you need to check. So then after that, are, the next one is are, are realistic. It's what you're aiming for, even a possibility. And then lastly, T timely, knowing when to time in and out of the market. So these are all the, the different steps, essentially, that I use when approaching the market. And this is a generalized financial, financial law, I would say. Anyone who wants to be investing, this is a law that you follow the smart. And also, sorry, I forgot to add, if you have any questions, feel free to just be thinking of them, throw them into the chat. I'll, I'll answer a few now, and then at the end, there's going to be a Q&A session. But um, yeah, I'll keep it going. Um, untimely. So how do you start? Um, for me, this is one of the biggest things I always felt like. I felt like, oh, I needed like £10,000 to start. I needed to make sure I had maybe like a lot of money ready to invest. I needed to make sure I had this, this, this. First, firstly, you don't need to be great to start. You just need to start to be great. And that is one of the main quotes I love. Like essentially, as long as you're starting, you're on the, the path to greatness, but you don't necessarily need to be great to start. So that's how I've always looked at it. So essentially, you don't need a major amount to invest in the stock market. You need to adopt the mindset of letting your money work for you instead of just working for your money. And that, that is my favorite quote, I think. <laughs> Definitely one of my favorite quotes investing. Let your money work for you instead of just working for your money. So instead of slaving hard to get a lot of money, learn how money works, how people who are using it to their advantage are using it and how that money can work for you. So these are just ways you can start. I've given you a few bullet points. 
if you have money sitting in a stagnant bank account, why not consider investing? Like most banks give you terrible, terrible, like I've looked recently and the interest rates are 0.2%, maybe 0.3%. Some places you can get up to 1%, but maybe even 1.5. But I don't think there's anywhere that's more than that, especially in the UK. So if you have money sitting in a bank account, obviously with using thorough analysis and you're not risking any of your money because at the end of the day, you can't risk money that you, you need to make sure you have the money saved anyway. So you can't, you can't just throw away money that you have saved for another reason. You need to make sure, okay, I'm considering this money and I'm willing to risk it. That is where the investment comes into it. Um, so you only have to invest a small portion of your monthly earnings. And that's what you can do. So for instance, when I first started, I used to put 25 pound a month, month that I used to save up from doing different gigs and stuff. And I used to make sure I put that into the seat. So that means that each month I'm putting money in. There's a lot of different reasons why you'd want to do this. You'd want to do that because it helps you invest a small amount without taking a big amount from what you have. So you can keep everything going. Secondly, um, you're using an actual investment technique, which is DCA, dollar costing average. I mean, that's quite a, that's a, a technique which is used a lot. But as stocks and different shares like go up and down, you want to get the best price available by consist consistently investing at its height and at its low. So you always take advantage of the different fluctuations in the market. So as I said, it's important to understand that investing money will always come with a risk. You know, facts and figures and research help us make a sound judgment, but nothing in the market is certain. And that's one thing you need to know. Even though we're using research to, to take down our risk and really knock that in the head and make sure it's a small percentage and that you're doing everything possible to make sure you get a safe ret return, there's still a form of risk with investment, which you need to make sure you, you've got on lock. So anyway, where do I know where to look? Okay, so before you start meddling in the market, you have to make sure you've done your research. If you haven't done this, you are not investing, you are just speculating. And I think it's important to know the difference. That's one thing that I feel like I learned as I went along. When I first got into the market, I would kind of just put money on different things because of FOMO, fear of missing out. I'd hear like a lot of people online talking about a, a particular stock saying, oh, this stock is, you know, going through the roof or, or I'd maybe, maybe see a, a company on TV and be like, oh, okay, this, this company's good. I like that company. Let me invest without doing the background research to know what I'm investing in. So therefore, you need to make sure you're doing the research to be investing and not speculating. They're very different. So some of the key things you'll need to figure out when you're looking for um, a stock, and this is what I do, I'll go for the country. So I'll know what market I'm going into. Obviously, if you want to be in the UK, you'll look at the footsies, you'll look at the different, the fluctuations of the different markets, you look at the top risers, you look at the fallers. So that's if you're investing in the UK. In America, you look at, you know, the Dow Jones, and there's all these different indexes for different countries to give you, you know, a little taste for how the movement of the country is going. Secondly, you want to look at the industry that you're in. The industry is important. Obviously, each industry is hit differently. 
recently the pharmaceutical industry has gone through the roof with all the corona vaccines all the corona medication but a lot of that has been speculative so it's good to make sure cool i'm going into this industry but am i going to this industry for an investment or am i going in this industry with an investment mindset or am i going in with a speculative mindset and i think that's what you need to make sure and if you're going in with an investment mindset cool that's the best way so then you can figure out the different parts anyway i'll keep going anyway so i've got country i look at the industry i look at the competitors i look at all their financial records and graphs which we use to fill in the formulas obviously i think as you go on learning you know investment and stuff we can tell you about all the form but the formulas that you use to help you you know analyze stocks like pe ratios different things like that which you get from stock prices and the the eps the earnings per share how much you would earn if you owned a share so you'd use these different methods and these different um, formulas to figure out if this country is i mean country sorry if this company is okay this is a this is financially good this company is making profit each year their pe ratio is looking strong i'm going to invest in this i like the country i like the industry they're the best out of their competitors and you look at the past performance the graphs okay sound judgment it's time to attack and approach so only once you have researched these things will you move on to learning about the company that is the next thing i would say you've got all these things you want to learn about the company and this is my biggest tool the news is your biggest ally you know we want to invest in a company and you want to realize that you're investing in that company and you're investing in whatever they do so you need to remember that every stock represents a business and if you're deciding to contribute our money into it we should keep our research up to date on that business so during the pandemic the news was your best your best indicator of to whether stock was rising or falling once i was into a stock because essentially um there's so many different factors of why a stock could you know go up or go down and sometimes the factors of why a stock goes up and goes down can be speculative for instance they could one they could have closed the branch which could actually be good for the long run of the business people see that as oh no they've lost a lot of their staff the price starts dropping because people might think oh this company isn't actually in a good place anymore because i've just read online that they dropped all their staff so it's good to know the facts and figures and be aware of what's happening in the news that's one thing i've found and i've always used anytime i'm looking at a stock i'll look at all the figures and i'll check all the news articles that i can about that 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 stock or that company and um, let's keep it going is this the best time to invest in my opinion yes 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 with a capital y capital e capital s exclamation mark yes unfortunately it's been one of the most difficult and unpredictable years that many have seen in our lifetime but and this is a big but that I feel, where there's uncertainty, there's money to be made. And I feel like people who have been investing in the stock market, people had this knowledge passed down to them. They realize that when there's uncertainty, when all this kind of stuff is happening, that's the best time to hit. For instance, with the market being hit with unprecedented lockdowns and governments struggling to keep control, control, all companies are affected. When the first lockdown was announced, top tier companies were trading at an extremely discounted rate. I picked up some of my best stock during that time and there was some really strong companies like Shell, Essential that I feel like wow they've been hit 
by the current situation that the whole world is facing. We're all in this situation, but these are solid companies with good, with good, you know, fundamentals, good ratios, good. They're, they're getting money each each um um year. Their the dividends are going up, so that's how I've seen it. And I think yes, this is the best time to invest. And just making sure I'm going on with timing. I think I'm good with time, but we'll keep it moving. Um, I'm going to give you some, I've taken some screenshots for just a couple investments that I've made, just so you can see how it was when, when Corona first hit and there was that, that huge amount of uncertainty to now when we are still in a lockdown in the UK, but we've got the vaccine, you know what I mean? We, we're heading towards like, we're heading towards the end of what it looks like this. Well, hopefully the end of this pandemic, but at the start it was, it was crazy. There was, there's so much speculation into which pharmaceutical company. And for me, I had to stay away from that because as much as I wanted to invest and maybe make a bit of money from, you know, the pharmaceutical company that was going to make the vaccine, it, it was very hard. You couldn't, no one would, unless you had inside knowledge, you wouldn't know which company it was. So apart from speculating, you couldn't really make a, a thorough analysis based on just, oh, I'm hearing this company is going to make the vaccine. So yeah. That's one thing I learned during this time, but I'll show you some of my stocks. So, oh, oh, I think I went too forward. Okay, cool. So on this, on the right-hand side is the prices and this is just holdings. Just to show you, you don't need to put thousands, thousands of pounds. You can start, you know, with little bits in companies and continue growing that. But for instance, this is the prices. Essential, which is a big events company, went down to 200, uh, 244 pence. Everything in the stock market is in pence. So you'll get used to that if you're not already. Um, Wiz, which is the biggest airline in Europe, was on sale for um, 2,780 pence. So it's when you see these prices, you're like, okay, so it's all in the red. People who didn't know what the market was about may have been scared about that. But I, I, I did my research and I was like, okay, it's time to approach and attack the best companies that I feel will will recover soon so then I went on oh let's see if it works perfect so if you look at the prices now I don't know if it'll let me flip between them and and because I've invested in a lot more it's a lot longer so I had to put it under over two so please bear with that but the price of essentials already and we're not even fully out of the COVID lockdown is already at 371 pence when when the COVID crisis hit it went all the way back down to 244 and it's not even fully recovered to where it should be. And there's numerous comp companies like that, like Tullow Oil, like Shell, like BT, all these different investments that I made then have now come up even 70 to 60% purely because we were in a time of uncertainty and these companies were, were still solid, but um, the uncertainty hit affected the whole market. So knowing that I used... The, the investment mindset to break down exactly where I would want to go. And then I invested in these companies. Marston is a great one. I don't know if you can see it here. It's 78p and it went and it started at 37p. So I think it's just about analyzing which companies have potential to grow and have been affected by more speculation rather than they made a huge loss. Then I'm not going to invest in that. No, it's about looking at the companies which are solid with their, their money and look like there's room to grow. So yeah, essentially, these are just a few notes so you can see the difference and how 
even this is less than a year, but there's almost been 70% growth in certain things. And obviously there are have been losses, but unfortunately I couldn't fit everything in. So the final slide, what can I do to learn more? This is what I've always wanted to know when I started. And this is what I do to learn more. Keep coming to seminars like this. You know, these have been very helpful. They've always helped me. I first really started taking my knowledge to the next level. You know, after Dr. Remy, um, I was at his seminar and he really just broke things down for me. And ever since then, I've stayed in contact. I've sent him different investments that I've made and he's always supported me. So I appreciate that. Uh, read books. My favorite, and this is like my 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 grail, my holy grail for investing, um, The Intelligent Investor. That book is special. It was written by a guy called Benjamin Graham, who was Warren Buffett's mentor. And Warren Buffett's one of the richest people in the world now. So imagine his mentor. So yeah, Intelligent Investor. Um, stay informed by following the news and the market updates. Um, and it's also important to form investment groups and discuss potential moves. So I have a lot of different friends now who are into investing. And we have little groups that we just speak and we just talk about the different investments that we're all making. And it just kind of helps us stay up to date and kind of see what's happening. So yeah, those are my tips. And the best way to learn is by asking questions. So if anyone has anything to ask, please feel free to ask now while I'm here. But thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for having me. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen, I think. Yes. Thank you so much, F.A. Um, that was amazing. I was writing down notes to you. <laughs> yeah, was, perfect. It perfect. Was, it was really insightful. Um, I just wanted to say, um, I, does anyone have any questions quickly before um, F.A. has to... Uh, to pop off um, any questions, any pressing questions that you really want to ask him. Um, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna give you these slides anyway. So if there's anything you're trying to write down, I think we're gonna send you all these slides over. So that's a little bit less stress. There's a question in there. It says, are there set prices to the market or can you choose what you invest? Um, yeah, um, there's no set price to the market, but I think on HL, I invest with HL. Um, you can invest as, as small as £50. And, and it's just depending on what share you're buying. For instance, if you're buying a share that costs £100, you're going to need £100 to buy that share, at least one of that share. So th there aren't any set prices, but you sh it's good to know exactly how much you want to go in with and know what stocks you're buying. And then you can always tally up from there. Awesome. Okay. I think we've got time for like two more. Um, when you I'm said, talking, there yeah. was um there were a few questions that were asked earlier. Okay. The one one of them was what's the difference between being it being realistic and achievable? Well, what's the difference with it being realistic and achievable? That's actually a very good question. When I was writing my notes, I was thinking. What is the difference? But what I what I did was achievable means what you're aiming for almost. Do you get what I mean? Is what you're targeting. Like I want to achieve this, and it needs to be something that you can attain. Like for instance, I wouldn't want it to like for instance, um, it needs to be something that you can you have access to. It needs to be a market that you have access to. Achievable needs to be it can be more than just 
money or more than something that's just crazy. It could just be because it's not something that you could do um, at the moment. It's not achievable. Whereas I've seen realistic to be more more like, okay, I want to make a million pound from investing in the first year. Let's be realistic. Everyone wants that, but it's not really possible. So that's how I've always broken it down. They're two, they're quite similar, but I think that's how I've broken it down. Awesome. And then the last question I think we'll take is, who is the author of the Intelligent Investor book? Yes. The author is a guy called Benjamin Graham. Smart, smart, smart guy. I, I'm telling you, that book, I read it at least once every couple of years. And I just go through and I highlight, I write my notes because it's got so much knowledge in that book. It's crazy. So yeah, Benjamin Graham. Yeah. Awesome. FA, thank you so much for imparting some knowledge, giving no worries, no worries. Um, a lot of things to take back. Do you have any, um, do you have an Instagram handle? Is there any way? Oh yeah, you? yeah. Um, sorry guys, I've got a few things, so I'm going to have to run off a bit early, but thank you for listening and shout out to all the other speakers. Um, my Instagram is ransom underscore FA. So it's just ransom FA. Um, I'll, I'll put it in the chat maybe. Yeah, probably best to do that. Yeah. And then if anyone wants to reach out to me, just because just drop me a message, say, hey, I spoke to you in the, or I see you in the the seminar, just so I know exactly where, I'm, you know, we met and then I can definitely go on and we can discuss from there. But yeah, ransom underscore FA. Thank you so much, FA. Thank you. Thank no you. worries. No worries. Thank you guys for having um, me. And yeah, like um, FA said, you know, hit him up in the DM, ask him a couple of questions. And, um, you know, he'll, he'll be happy to answer. Well, I'll just quickly say, uh, Tussie, for the other questions, keep putting your questions in the chat box. We'll answer them all at the end of the session. So don't worry. We are, we're not going to skip your questions. So we'll, we'll get to all of them at the end. So keep putting your questions in the chat box. Yeah, definitely. And so I, I need to go, guys. Thank you. But just my last one, because I know this is an important question. Make sure if you're going to invest, get HL. They're very good. Hargraves Lansdowne, because I see a lot of people have asked that and I forgot to mention that. I invest with Hargraves Lansdowne. So, yeah. Thank you, FA. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks so much. We really appreciate you guys being here. Um, so, just to move swiftly on, um, the next speaker that we have is Rere. Um, like Dr. Remy um, introduced her, that, you know, she's practicing law, but, you know, she's also... Um, investing as well. I feel like one thing we can notice is that, you know, there are people on the panel that are here that also have, you know, they've got their, their main thing that they're doing, but they're also seeing the importance of investing and making sure that, you know, your money isn't just in one place, you know, you're spreading it and investing. So, Rere, if you want to go ahead and, you know, start sharing your screen, um, we'd love to hear from you. Hi, guys. So um, I'm going to talk first. Um, I'm going to talk about some basic principles to do with investing. Um, I'm also going to speak about my motivations for investing, and then I'm going to speak about the kind of research that um, you should typically carry out before you invest. And also, I'm going to give some final considerations. So I'm at the very beginning of my investment journey, so I still have a lot to learn. But one thing that I feel has been instilled in me for, from a young age is the importance of saving. And I think that's something that everyone should get into the habit of before seriously thinking about investing. 
because you want to invest with the money that you can afford to invest rather than money that should have been spent on paying bills or car insurance or whatever. And so I think it's typically recommended that everybody saves at least 10% um, of what they're earning. And I think that's a principle derived from the book, The Richest Man of Babylon. Babylon. Sorry. And um, yeah, so aside from that 10%, I tried to put my money into different savings accounts and they all have different purposes, such as long-term savings, short-term savings. And then I've also got like a lifetime ISA, which, um, which I'll use to um, buy a house, hopefully. Um, so um, yeah, so, so doing that kind of thing helps you to be disciplined. And I think that's like a principle that you should get into when you're also thinking about investing. So um, I'd never thought that investing was something that I'd get, get into because I thought it was something that sounded quite complicated and I thought it would involve like maths and stuff and I'm not really a fan of math, but um, that's not actually the case. And I think um, in 2019, I read the book um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it just opened my eyes to how the majority of people spend their lives stuck stuck and um, working their nine till fives and that, um, that they're really dependent on that um, their salary and that you can't live outside of your month to month salary. And, um, but it also highlighted that if you learn how to invest well, you can make a lot of money. So that means that your day job can just be because you enjoy it rather than because you need it for survival. And that was something that really appealed to me. And it just also emphasized the concept of being financially free. And it made me realize that I don't want to live my life like counting down to my next salary and learning how to invest, I feel offers an alternative lifestyle. So I just wanted an additional stream of income and also I know it's um, like it's, as we're young, it seems weird to think about retirement and things, but I know that a lot of people reach retirement age and realize that they don't have enough money to live on um, aside from like their work pensions, which normally aren't sufficient. So I just wanted something else, a passive stream of income that would just be like kind of um, accumulating over time. And on top of that, um, you know, interest, interest rates in banks at the moment are um, just constantly plummeting that, that really low so I wanted something to put my money in where I could see real, real reward um, so I started my investment journey with index funds because they're one of the most low weight low risk ways to invest um, so an index fund is essentially a list that's focused on a particular industry or country or something else for example and it allows you to invest in every company um, that make up the index, um, which spreads your risk and it removes the pressure of having to choose and analyze shares yourself. Um, so I think I firstly um, invested in the Fidelity UK index fund and that invests in the top 100 companies in the London Stock Exchange. And it suited me because um, you could invest like a certain amount of money a month, an affordable amount. So I think I was doing like 30 pounds a month or just a lump sum. Um, so my initial plan was, was to just leave my um, index funds accumulating um, and then to research more about the stock market so that I could start investing in individual, individual shares. Um, however, um, with the emergence of corona, coronavirus, it provided a good opportunity um, to start investing properly in individual shares because it meant that 
share prices dropped significantly. So, so it meant um, it gives an opportunity to buy shares in good companies, which were undervalued, but would hopefully rise after the pandemic. And then you, you make a profit when the share goes back to its um, intrinsic value. So um, it's normally easier um, generally to find um, undervalued shares in times of crisis because people panic and they withdraw their money. And that makes the value of the share drop, meaning that you can get it as, at like a discount. Um, so because of that, the pandemic obviously provided a good um, opportunity for many investors. So um, I also realised that um, being young with limited responsibilities, I think this is the best time to kind of learn and start investing because the older you get, you have more responsibilities and are able to make more excuses for not starting. So um, to invest in, in shares, um, the key thing is lots of research, um, as was touched on before. So some of the factors to consider are um, who is the CEO and their re reputation, um, whether the company is currently making a profit and whether this has been consistent for a number of years. And you can assess this by looking at the company's earnings per share. And that is the portion of a company's profit allocated to each share. And you can look at previous years to assess whether the earnings per share are going up, um, going up or down. Um, so you can also look at um, whether there are any issues with the company and whether there have been any issues within the past year and whether the company pays dividends. So a dividend is a sum of money um, paid reg regularly or typically annually by a company to its shareholders out of its profits or reserves. Um, yeah, so not all companies pay um, dividends. So that's a, a good thing to research. Um, what the company does. So um, one of the um, Rich's investors, um, Warren Buffett, I think he says that he only invests in companies where he understands what they do. And I think that's quite important because then you can kind of assess how you think the company's gonna do if you actually understand their business model. Um, you should also research how good the economy is in the country that you're buying a share in, how well um, the industry in question is doing. And then also, um, as was touched on before, um, look at general news um, just to see um, general news to see what's happening with the, com the company, what's happening in the world, um, because the economy does affect the stock market. Um, and I think that's really evident within the pandemic that we're in at the moment. So for example, um, at the moment, everyone's become increasingly dependent on technology to work and socialize. So companies like Zoom um, would be quite interesting to research. Um, but then there's also um, certain industries that are affected really badly in times in times like this in this pandemic, such as leisure and airlines. So it will probably be a while before people feel comfortable investing in um, these kind of companies again. And then there are also some companies um, and industries that always do well, um, no matter what's going on, such as supermarkets and tele telecommunications, because whatever's going on, people need their phones and they need to eat and everything like that. So um, the shares I've invested in at the moment are Volkswagen, BT, Hayes, IBM and GSK. Um, so that's um, so then we've got um, companies, pharmaceuticals, technology, um, no cars, recruitment. So um, so there is a diverse portfolio. And 
when you're um, investing, you should make sure that your portfolio is diverse as possible in terms of both geographical region and also um, industry. And this is because if one industry or country is doing badly, then you don't want that to affect um, your whole portfolio. So um, I guess it's that classic saying of not put, putting all your eggs in one basket, you just wanna spread out your risk. Um, so I think I bought um, these shares in around May, May 2020. And I think the only one that I'm currently making money on is Volkswagen, but um, that's not something to worry about when you're investing because it should be a long-term decision. Um, you know, into, uh, it's not something that you go into to make instant money. And I think, um, so like saying that, um, so you need to be investing with money that you can afford to tie up for a while without worrying about that money. Like it can't be money that you're thinking, oh, I need to get it within the next month to pay for this. And it is a long-term decision. And um, yeah, so, um, so the two primary ways that you can benefit from investing is if the value, value of the share goes up, because this means that you can sell it for a profit and also if the company pays dividends, as I mentioned before. So in terms of um, platforms, um, so I do my investing on Hargreaves Land, Lansdowne as well, but I am also considering opening an, an account with a different broker as well, because um, Hargreaves Lansdowne requires that um, you pay um, a certain amount of money when you buy the share and also when you sell it. I think it's around 11 pounds. And I know that um, some other flat, plat, sorry, platforms such as Dagiro are cheaper. Um, some of my friends use, use um, that, but I don't know too much about it, but it's worth doing your research because I think that they may be cheaper. Um, however, um, Hargreaves Lansdowne, um, it has, um, it's a very well-renowned platform. And, you know, a lot of people use it. It's been around for a while. Um, it provides excellent news and insight into the majority of the shares globally and and it has an app which is also really easy to use and I think um um all the all the things that I've been saying that um to research that like, you can find all of that kind of thing um on Hargreaves Lansdowne so it makes it it's it's useful because it kind of has everything you want in one place but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't research for yourself and see what else is out there um something else I've learned because I have made like a lot of um small small mistakes and um when I've been learning how to invest and I think it, um, I've learned that it's best to um, buy your shares in an ISA account because it means that any profits that you make will be um, tax-free. So yeah, um, for anyone considering investing, um, my final takeaway points are you don't need a lot of money to get started. I've only been working for just over a year and although it comes with risks, the potential rewards are greater. And yeah, I think you need a bit of risk in life to, to get anywhere really, so yeah, that's it. Awesome. Thank yeah. you very much, Ray. Questions. Thank you, Ray, thank you so much. Um, I, was, I have my notepad here, I'm actually taking some notes. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm learning a lot myself. Um, if you guys have any questions for Ray, please, feel free to ask, we, we, um, we've got some time um, to um, give Rere any questions and you know, she'll be happy to answer. So get those questions in the chat um, or comments or thank you or whatever it is that you're 
you want to say to Rere in this moment? Because um, we do have some time for um, 10 minutes. There's a question. What is an ISA? Um, it's just um, a type of account where, um, with maybe Dr. Remy, are you able to explain this better than me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, you can. Well. Uh, yeah, I mean, ISA stands for Individual Savings Allowance. So that's what ISA stands for. I, I for individual, S for saving, and A for allowance. So individual savings allowance. Basically, it's the government saying they've given you an allowance where you can invest tax-free, where you know whatever you make from within that account will be tax-free. So well, that's what ISA means. It's uh, individual savings allowance. That anyone from the age of 18 can open that account. They even have what we call junior ISA, where anyone from the age of zero to 18 can have a junior ISA. So basically, from the age of zero to you die, you can have an investment account. So no excuse, really. <laughs> Someone also asked, um, what are index funds? So um, index funds are essentially um, where you invest into a group of companies um, at a time. So it kind of spreads your risk because you're putting in your money and then it's spreading across different companies. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what an index fund is. Awesome. Um, someone else asked, are some websites better for access access in the market than others? As in do some, as some give more help or advice than others? I don't know if you understand. Um, they they might do, but um, um, as I said, I've only used um, Hargreaves Lansdowne at the moment. So um, I guess it's just about research, seeing um, you know, what ones are better than others. Um, but I found it to be good so far, so far. but, um, you know, there's lots of um, brokers out there. Um, do you have bonds in your por portfolio? Um, I don't have bonds, but um, that is something that I would research into. But um, bonds, I know that they've got quite um, less reward in them. Like, it's quite difficult to make um, a lot of money with them, but the risks are less, like you're kind of guaranteed your money back. So it is something that is interesting to look into, but I don't have any in my portfolio at the moment. Toby um, asked, please, where can I open an ISA account? Um, there are loads of different kinds of ISA accounts, but the stocks and shares ISA account that I have is within the Hargreaves Lansdowne platform. I think that you can also open a stocks and shares ISA within Moneybooks, which is another um, um, bank account. Um, and yeah, you can open them in most places, I think, but it's just something that um, requires research. But there's different kinds of um, ISAs, like there are help to buy ISAs, which you can use to buy in a, ha a house and lifetime ISAs. Um, but yeah, with regards to the ISA I have for investing, it's within Hargreaves Lansdowne. Um, in relation to that question, ISA account, I think, is unique to the UK. I don't think it's available in Nigeria. Someone said, can you use more than one investment platform? Yeah, you can. You can. Um, and have you personally seen any returns or profits in your portfolio since you started um, last year? Um, I've only um, received um, profits on Volkswagen so far, but um, as I said, it's a long-term thing, so... I'm sure in the future I will see more of it. But you also have the dividend payments. Oh yeah, and the dividend payments, yeah. <laughs> um, and is it free to open and maintain an ISA? Um, yeah, the ones I have are free to open and maintain. Awesome, great. Does anybody have any more questions for Rere at all? 
please feel free to you know put them in the chat box. I mean, they've been great so far. Um, our div, oh my goodness, our dividends. I don't know if I'm saying the right. Um, given per month or year. Um, I think um, it's down to the company um, how often they choose to pay dividends. So it can be quarterly and annually. Um, it's down to the company. Great. I just want to take this moment to also say that um, Dr. Rami has a mentoring um, platform um, where you guys can um, also connect with him on. I'm going to post the link in the chat um, so that you guys can um, access it um, during or after um, today, um, but if you've got any more questions for Rory, um, please feel free to um, put them in the chat box again. Um, Shail says, do you feel that dividends pay very much um, slash a significant amount? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it, it depends on the company, um, as I said, but it can be like a really small amount, like two pounds like it can be like any yeah I think yeah so it depends really okay. yeah because if you if you think about what uh, dividends are dividends is a share of the profit of the company <clears throat> so it's a company sharing their profits with you as a shareholder so if they make less profits you get less dividends if they make no profit you get nothing if they make a lot of money you get a lot so yeah it can vary it's not a fixed amount Okay, so um, Rory, thank you so much for your, for your little session. I've learned a lot from it, yes. Awesome. Thank you. Whilst you're on mute, that would be, very would appreciate it. Um, awesome. So yeah, um, we're gonna introduce, well, bring on um, Dami. Um, he's, gonna, he's gonna be sharing his little bit um, with us. So I'm looking forward to it. And um, make sure you guys have your notepad, like I said before, because we're going to be asking a question at the end just to make sure that you've been listening. And um, who knows, there could be something attached if you get the question right. So, um, Dami, over to you. Hi, so hi everyone. My name is um, Dami Sajoyawe. Um, I'm going to be following up on a lot of what has been spoken about, but I will try and cater my presentation to more about my experiences and less about how to invest so just kind of bear with me um you learn stuff along the way but i'm not necessarily going to tell you what to do as opposed to what i did and hopefully you could take stuff from that all right so i'll be teaching you or speaking about finding assets that suit you personally so not necessarily listening to what everyone says or paying attention to the noise and focusing on what works for you um, there's different strategies and not everyone works for everyone. So it's about finding your strategy over time. Um, so key things to consider are who are you and you personally, and what are you trying to achieve? The answer to this question is different for different people. Um, and my age with little to no um, responsibilities, I thankfully have no kids, no significant other or anything like that. So I can focus on myself and take risks that would only affect me. Some of my friends are already married and have kids. Their decisions would totally be different. So just keep that in mind when you're going into investing. Um, so in terms of who you are, when you think about your, um, the financial decisions 
that you're currently making, your lifestyle and things like that, and be realistic about where you want to go. Uh, you can set big targets, but you should also set little targets so you can work towards them and you can build momentum over the time period. Um, something I want you to make note of is T-G-O-R-O-W. I'll go into that. Um, it's basically just kind of like um, with um, FAs that about setting SMART goals. Um, it's kind of like the same, just a different acronym to get you to the same position again. So just make a note of that, and we will go into that a bit more um, later in the presentation. So in terms of who you are, um, this was when I was writing this presentation, I was also speaking to myself. So asking if you're in a good place was me talking to myself because I wasn't at the time. But that is a key, a key question to ask because a lot of the time the decisions you make could be affected by your emotions, your mental state, what's going on in your environment. And you want to try and make sure that you are making investment decisions um, with it as clear ahead as possible. So the risks are mitigated on your end at least. Um, so you think about who you are, what you're doing, what are your habits and routines right now? Um, what are the things that come second nature to you? What are the things that come easily? What are the things that you find yourself doing that you may want to change or you may want to focus on and improve or increase that? Um, and lastly, understanding where you are financially. You have to be able to look at your spending habits, look at your saving culture, and it's okay if it's really bad. When I started investing three years ago, I had no savings culture and I was spending like, I would explain that in a second, but yeah, those are key because then you'll be able to know where you're at and where you're trying to get to. Um, so hi everyone, I'm Demi. Um, I'm an architect by trade, but I have many other interests that I'm looking to um, explore, but my main source of income right now is through architecture. Um, I used to be really bad at saving, so I always thought I could save, but then realized that it never accumulated, and that's because I kept going back in to take the money out. So basically, like trying to fill a basket with water, um, try not to do that. And I always used to blow my money. I lived, uh, lived paycheck to paycheck, so for me it was, I knew that in a couple of days, it would get put back in my account somehow. Um, so oh, sorry, um, Dami, quickly. Uh, are you aware that your PowerPoint is on the first page? <laughs> what page are you looking at right now? The first page. Um, invest no, in, kinda, invest I'm a couple in, pages in, so I'm going to reshare that screen again, I guess. Sorry. Yeah, we just had a couple of people send in the text that uh, they couldn't, your slide is Sorry, guys. Um, let's stop sharing and try this again. All right, tell me what you see. Uh, we can't see your screen just yet. Okay, so let's share that one more time. Hope that works. Uh, what do you see now? Yeah, hi, I'm Dummy. Okay, and what do you see now? Okay, good. It's moving now. So yeah, that's fine. It's moving. Now. Right. Now see so um, carrying on for where I stopped. Poor at savings. Blew all my money from paycheck to paycheck. Um, so basically, I had to now look at what I was doing. So for me, I used to eat out a lot. Um, I didn't. I didn't realize, but I 
tend to eat out a lot. And, and now it's a new thing where I don't like eating out, but at the time it was a big problem. Um, I used to, used to love like partying and being out with the family and friends. I mean, everyone likes a good time, but it, I was in a position where it wasn't sustainable in terms of the income I was making and the frequency and the lifestyle. So that was a major thing. And lastly, I used to smoke a lot and um, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life or anything like that. For me, it was simply a thing of I understood that it wasn't sustainable financially. And I also didn't like the idea that I seemed to be funding someone else's lifestyle. Um, the person I used to pick up from was on his third Mercedes and he was buying houses. Obviously, I wasn't paying for all of those houses, but I definitely contributed to it. And when I did the math, I was spending, I don't know, half a million on average a year. I don't know how much that is in pounds, um, but that's Naira. Um, and that's a very um, conservative number. But for me, it was a thing of if I'm already getting into a new year, half a million Naira in debt, that already tells me that I need to double up to make up for that before I start making money. So it was a thing of how do I cut those expenses? Um, so I was basically living a lifestyle that I thought was, was fine. But in reality, I wasn't really doing much. I was just you know, like, it was all optics. And I kind of realized that I needed to switch it up if I wanted to actually change the direction I was going. Right. So for me, I moved back to Lagos in 2015, hated it. There was a little bit of a recession at the time, and I had no savings coming from the UK. So I calculated how much I would have had if I had saved for about five years, six years. And that was kind of like the wake up call for me because the Naira had lost value. So if I changed the pounds to Naira, I would have been pretty well off, but I didn't. Um, so I started to look at what was going on and, and where my money was going and started to take stock and make sole changes. Um, so like I said, I calculated how much I spent on smoking alone minus the food when I was going out. And it was a lot. So for me, it was just a simple thing of if I cut this, I could put that money to something else. And that's kind of where I kind of ran with it. Um, so I started reading a lot about it. And I started attending courses, kind of like the ones that Dr. Remy puts on every few weeks, um, just to get my, just to get a better understanding. Because I'm one of those people who, when I go into something, I kind of have to understand it holistically. And I could tell you, that doesn't really work. Sometimes you have to jump in and then figure it out as you go. So I started reading a lot, talking to people, and the more you, you're around people who think about the same things, the more you will grow in that space. Um, so yeah, find people to associate with or blogs or communities that you can interact with. Um, so from reading a little, I started trading or investing properly. Uh, mind you, investing being buying and holding for a three to five year period at least. So I started that in the Nigerian market in 2017. Um, for me, it was a thing of getting experience, um, putting money in the game and learning from it. The Nigerian market, I probably wouldn't advise you investing just because of how volatile it is, but it's still something, for me, it was work experience for the wider, bigger markets like the American market, the UK market, the Chinese market, ETC. So I did that for a couple of years just to understand what was going on. And then in 2018 in the UK, I downloaded this app called Moneybox, which basically all it does is it invests for you passively. So you don't need to think about the stocks you're investing in. 
you just anytime you spend your card, you buy, you pay your phone bill, you buy a McDonald's, you go buy some toilet paper, boots, or whatever, it rounds up whatever you spend to the nearest pound. So it would invest like 30, 40 p for you, and then weekly it takes another 10, 15 pounds, depending on how much you set. Point is, you're not thinking about the companies; it just invests for you. It works like an index fund, kind of. So I did that for about two years, and I was able to get into the UK market without me actively investing in those companies, but through this Moneybox app, and it was doing pretty well. Well, that was also doing the Nigerian one, like I said. And last year, or late 2019, I started to buy companies um, that I understood better, because um, initially I got help, and it was just buy, people were just buying companies for me. But... Um, one thing when people say, how do I get into the market? What do I invest in? I would always say, firstly, don't listen to people who are like, ooh, Tesla's performing really great. Netflix is the big thing right now. Yeah, they're performing great and they're great companies, but a lot of people who are talking about those probably got in much earlier than right now. So if I got into Tesla, it's not a bad, personally, it's too high a price, but if I got in now, I'll be worse off than someone who got in five years ago. So I shouldn't necessarily just take their word for it as they're a great company. Yes, they're innovative, they're, they're, they're pushing the boundaries, but they don't work for what I'm trying to do right now. It's a, maybe later on, yeah, but so don't, don't necessarily listen to what everyone says. Look at the stuff you use every day. I personally wear Nike over Adidas. I, I use Netflix. All my technology products are Apple. So it's a simple thing of, what are the items or all the products I use on a regular basis? Invest in those companies. The reason why you're investing in those, in those companies is because you have to look at yourself as a business owner. So you own parts of those businesses. Now, when I go to the club, rather than buying a bottle of Hennessy, I can buy the company that owns Hennessy. So when I'm buying those bottles, I feel like I'm buying my own bottles. Technically, I don't work at the company or nothing, but technically they work for me because I own parts of the company. So when you start to think about those, you don't necessarily need to think about the numbers, how well they're performing. Use Apple, for example. They're a pretty great product, but they don't innovate. So they're not creating anything new, but I don't know any Apple store in the world that isn't constantly busy. I don't know anyone who doesn't have, if you have an iPhone, you probably have a Mac that connects to that. You probably have an iPod. So there's so many ways that you can start to look into it and just look at the stuff you, you use on a regular basis. I'm just going to breeze past that. Um, so people are also afraid about losing money in the stock market, and that's a valid thing. But you have to understand that, firstly, the money you're putting away, at least from my perspective, is not money that I think of. So when I invest, I look at it as it's already gone. It's not there. And any profit or any gains I make, again, it's not there. You don't make a loss or a profit until you sell that share, right? So if you hold it for 10 years, you're good for those 10 years. If the price, if you sold in March, for example, because the price has crashed, you lost in March. If you waited eight, nine months, it rebounded and you didn't, if anything, you probably gained times 100, times 200%. So the losses are usually from you selling because things are happening, you might need the cash or because there's the fear factor of the price is crashing. But if you know why you bought the company, you're probably going to make better decisions in terms of the time horizon you chose to keep those stocks for. I, I aim for like five to 10 years, like I said. So I'm not selling anything now because it doesn't bother me if they drop or not. So just keep that in 
I needed to define what I wanted to get out of investing. Now, mind you, I said I started in 2017, but I only just started to articulate my goals in investing like last year. So it's not something you have to know at the beginning, right? It's something that evolved over time. As you get a bit more experience, you get a bit confident and you start to read more. So a lot of the investing lingo that may go over your head now would be a lot easier to break down as you read more into it. Um, like with anything, whatever you put your energy and time into, you, you would know it more. So just an investment plan is key. So for me, it was financial security. And what that meant was I wanted to get to a point where I could pay for my expenses, my, my phone bill, my um, petrol, um, internet, food, just basic stuff. If I could find a way to invest that could pay for that, I could use that money for something else. So for me, a lot of my investors and, and shares that I've invested in pay dividends. And mind you, dividends are not a high, you, you shouldn't necessarily look at dividends as, okay, yes, they're paying you, but it's usually a tiny amount, right? So let's say Apple shares are $130 something dollars today. I think they pay 60 something cents per share. So I pay them a hundred and something dollars and they're only gonna pay me 60 something cents. So the trade-off isn't that high right but a lot of these companies they grow the dividends so in the next five years that could go up to a one dollar twenty in dividends from apple alone right and so you shouldn't necessarily look at the amount they're paying as opposed to how much of the profits they're paying because they paid off their profits so you can know whether it's sustainable and then looking at again the businesses how is the business doing is this something that they may be able to continue over time so for me, it was using my dividends to pay for my phone bill, pay for um, food, just basic stuff that I needed, right? The next thing was to try and get the cash flow and recurring income going to cover the bigger expenses, right? So in the last three months, I've realized that, okay, that for me, getting to the stock market was for that, but then now I figured I want to move on to other asset classes. There's so many other asset classes besides shares and, and stuff, there's real estate, that's investing in actual businesses as an angel investor or venture capitalist, which requires a lot more um, capital. That's later on. But for me, the next goal for me is real estate. Now, real estate, again, there's so many facets to it. Do I want to own land? Do I want to buy a house and flip? Do I want to buy a house to rent? And that would determine, be determined by the capital. It will be determined by the market, but it will also be determined by my goals. So I want to get into property, for example, right? I understand now that I could use some of my assets in the stock market to offset the cost of that property. So I could sell some of my shares to buy a property, use that property to buy the next property, that kind of thing. So it's, it's a step-by-step -step for me. So that's why that the plan is pretty um, important so you can start to make decisions that lead you to that. Uh, next up for me, it was the freedom to do what I want. I didn't like that I had to ask for permission to go and leave from work. That was wild for me. That's why when you're an employee, you have to understand that you're working for your time. Um, you're not free to do what you want in your own time, right? So for me, I wanted to retire long before 65. And to do that, I knew that I had to put some things in place. So that's kind of like what informs me going into dividend investing as opposed to just investing for capital gains, right? So the goals are key for you to start to understand where you want to go. And lastly, like I said, with the going into real estate, it's, it's in the long term, I want property to start paying for things like holidays, 
things like school fees, things that I don't need to think about in the long term because I've already sorted it out five, 10 years ago, right? Remember, it's passive income, so I don't need to do anything because I've created the infrastructure to get that payment on an annually, monthly, quarterly basis, depending on how it's set up. Um, and then last but not least, long-term, grow my assets, diversify across different sectors, diversify across different asset classes. Um, I could go into that later on if anyone asks any questions about that. So key things to consider, you have to sort out your budget. If you don't know how much is coming and how much is going out, you can't start to think about how much you want to put away. When you think about your budget, you start to look at things that you could sacrifice, things that don't need to be paid for, things that you don't, you start to think about what you need as opposed to what you want. And then you can start to see where you can reduce your expenses. And from there, you can start to think about increasing your income with another job, a side hustle, whatever. Asset allocation being firstly, how much do I want to save? How much do I want to invest? But then also going into the investing, how much do I want to invest in the stock market and real estate and, and um, other businesses and mutual funds? Like, it's, it, it, it isn't just the stock market, so you have to look at it from the different aspects and pick which ones you want to go into depending on your goals. And getting some skin in the game. Like I said, when I started in 2017, I didn't know anything I was doing. I lost money in the process, but I remember for me, again, because it was long-term, the money that was being lost was all just numbers on the screen. I never had the money in the first place to lose it. And because I stayed, I think in the last four months, for example, the Nigerian market has rebounded post-COVID to even higher than it was pre-COVID. Now, if I had sold because it was crashing in COVID times, I wouldn't have gotten any other benefits. But that's only because I've had it for three years. In five years, Again, the Nigerian market works slightly differently, but it should grow, right? Same thing with the stocks in the American market. How they've been behaving in the last few months compared to pre-COVID times, you can't really predict. So if you're trying to say, oh, when is the right time to jump into the market? That's you trying to time the market. And it's, it's possible, but it, it takes a lot of homework and a lot of technical analysis. Rather than timing the market, how about you say, okay, I'm going to save 100 pounds a month. And out of those 100 pounds, I'm going to invest 60 pounds. That's it, a month, just 60 pounds. And I'm going to put 40 in my savings, but 60 pounds I'm going to put into the market. Whether or not the price goes up, whether or not the price goes down, that's what FA was talking to about, dollar cost averaging. Because the, the price this week will be different from the price next week. So if you just keep buying your stocks, over time, the cost would average down because you're buying when it's high, you're buying when it's slow. It's more about the consistency than when you're getting the consistency and how long you stay on, on that stock. Um, sorry, how am I doing for time? I'm about to wrap up, but just trying to make sure. You're good, Dami. You're good. All right. Thank you. So, yeah, building an emergency fund. Um, I'm sure you've heard, heard this 100,000 times when it comes to investing, but it's really important. And the reason why is you have to think of an emergency fund as literally that, because emergency fund is a safety net, right? So if you're... Looking to invest, you have to, the way I said it anyway, for me, the money's already gone, right? So if I'm willing to throw away money, I have to make sure that I have something to fall back on for when I don't have a job, when I need to meet those bills, because my investments are still going to take time to grow anyway, right? So the, the rule of thumb is you need to start with like a three to six month um, saving period. What that means is within those three to six months, I've saved enough to cover all my expenses from food to bills to whatever that I need, not the things I want to buy, but the things that I need, the basic stuff. Um, what that does, is if you lose your job, if, if the 
now your money being tied up there because you have stuff to fall back on. But over time, as you build that, I should have built it first. I would suggest you build it three to six months before you start investing. I chose to build it as I was investing, so that meant that I'm building both at a much lower rate. But for me, I'm still building both. So you just need to be conscious about keeping some money away for in case things don't work out while they don't work out. Understanding that's a time period of ups and downs. In those downtimes, you have something to fall back on. Um, and keep learning. Like it's, it's more a thing. I think the learning comes naturally once you start to build the momentum. Once you start to see that things are working, you will automatically start to look for new ways to make better investment decisions. And from the conversations you have as well, that would inform that. So why do I invest? Um, firstly, I don't know if people have heard about inflation, but I'll just give you a basic definition. Basically, if you had 100 pounds today, in a year's time, your 100 pounds would be less than it is today. Not because the 100 pounds has been taken, you've taken some money out of it, but the buying power, which you could buy with those 100 pounds, would be different from what you could buy now. So when I was born, in Lagos, things were like one naira, two naira for like a pair of jeans or, or, or eggs or whatever. Now you can't find anything that's less than 50, 100 naira. It's still the same item, but the price has gone up because of inflation. Inflation in Nigeria is 13%, which is really high, right? In the UK, I think it's about 2 3%, and that's high for them. But what that means is if I'm saving my 100 pounds in, an, in, in a savings account that's giving me 2 3% a year, and inflation is 13%. I don't touch that savings. When I come back, yes, it's gone up 2 3%, but the actual value of it has gone down 13%. So in actual fact, I've gone down about 10% in that savings that I had. So that's why people don't like having money in savings accounts. You should still have that for your emergencies. easy to access, but you can't look at it as money you have stored away because it's losing value over time, all right? So... Inflation was one of the major reasons why I got into um, investing. And another reason was compound interest, right? So the diagram below just kind of shows you the green being the principal. So if I just put a thousand dollars in an account and I didn't touch it, that's kind of like a savings account. I didn't touch it, it just stays there. The interest on it is kind of like with the savings interest, but it's not being compounded and it's really tiny. So that's the blue. And then the purple is if with the interest and and me adding more money to it over time. Look at, if you look at it, it's the same time period. But the reason why the compound interest affects is because the interest that is being paid is paid off the new value, the increase in value. So if I add more money monthly, if I add the dividends back in, it keeps growing and you get paid interest on that new value as opposed to the thousand pounds you put before. So in that same time frame, 1,000 pounds untouched without interest goes up to 7,000 pounds in this example, remember, not in general, in this example, over a 20-year period, right? So just because they were reinvesting back into it. So if you had $100 and it went up to 150 the new interest would be taken off that 150 which goes up to 225 So it, it, it takes up for the increase. It looks at what you have currently with the inflation, with your dividends, with your interest being reinvested. And for me, it was a simple thing of... You can grow it much quicker if you just keep putting back into it over time and you don't touch it. Um, in this example, this is looking at if, if Michael had added his dividends in and Sam didn't. So they both, they all three of them had the same amount. Sam had um, just the principal invested. 
and Michael invested his um, dividends as well. And you can see the difference in the same time frame. Sam is probably, they haven't even touched, they've barely touched $375,000 in that time frame. But because Sam added their uh, dividends back in and because of compound interest, that same amount over that same time frame has gone up to 1.5. So it's almost triple, quadruple what Sam did just because they reinvested their, their dividends and their interest, right? So why do people invest? People invest in capital gains, right? So with the people who say, oh, invest in Tesla, invest in Netflix, Amazon, it's usually about capital gains, i.e. I bought at this price, it's up 20, 30, 40%, I've made 40% on that amount. It only then comes into play when you sell that, that stock. If you don't sell it, it's still just there as a number. When you sell it, that's when you made the money of capital gains. People also do it in art. So in the diagram I have below, that's a, I think it's Jay-Z's, the birth from People versus OJ. And he was talking about, you know, he bought art for one million, two years later, it's two million, three years later, it's eight million. It's not just because the time is going, but because it's an asset, it appreciates over time, like real estate, like like stock market, all assets, depending on on what it is that they all have separate timelines, but they usually appreciate over time, right? So if you're investing in art, for example, you're investing for capital gains off the art. If it's on your wall, the, the price has gone up, the value's gone up, but you haven't sold it, so you don't get the money until you sell it. So just keep that in mind with capital gains. The other way is through passive income. That is through dividends, through um, um, rental income or whatever. So for me, I chose the passive income route just because I figured if I could reduce my expenses and have something to cover those expenses, then I can use my money for other things. So it's trying to buy my freedom back. How can I work less? How can I retire earlier? That's simply by ensuring that the money that's coming in is, is able to sustain my lifestyle without having to work. But I need to do the work now so that down the line, I can get to that point. That's kind of what people who retire do. They will rely on their pensions and their dividend payments. If I could start that journey much earlier, maybe I could reduce my retirement age by five, 10 years. And if I could do that, then I could definitely enjoy the, the benefits of the work I've put in over time. Um, sorry, just a few more slides. So yeah, just basically just talking about uh, dividend growth investing, that was kind of like the diagrams I'd had before where the money that's coming in is being put back into the the, the, the share or the stock or whatever. So it keeps growing, keeps growing. And then when it gets to a point where I'm in a position where I need the, the, the dividends to cover my expenses, because right now I don't do that. I still pay for my bills. I just put the dividends back in. But in a couple of years, I would decide to switch it up and the dividends can pay for the bills. The, the, the real estate can pay for holidays and things like that. Then I don't have to worry about how do I pay for this because it's already been covered. Um, so going back to the thing at the beginning, T, G, O, R, O, W, T being your topic, your goal, G being your goal, outcome being O, R, reality, O, options, and way forward. So in summary, for me, my topic is different growth investing, all value investing, I would explain that. Um, the goal is to cover all expenses, travel costs, and retirement 445. Very ambitious, but by setting that goal, uh, should push for, even if I push it back by five years or whatever, because I'm aiming for a specific goal, it's easier to work towards. Um, the outcome, what that would look like if I attained that. 
I'll work on my own time on things I want to do, and I'll have time for family and travel and, and stuff. Um, the reality is right now, I have this change from no income to very little income. Um, but I also need to build my emergency savings, and I need to build a platform that can leverage on to get more income. Um, my options are to build a career in industry, in the construction industry, or other things, to learn to market and sell my services and other products and to appraise and develop property. This is my personal one in line with my goals. So make it specific to you. And my dobby, my way forward is to complete my master's, which I'll be doing this year, God willing, and then identify key industry players, for example, in the real estate industry to, to start to speak to, to understand, which I started doing late last year, this year. Um, so in the past, um, this was taken from the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, which you've read about, or you've heard about. Um, it's one of the best books for investing. This was kind of how I lived my life. I got my income, I had my expenses, and I had a ton of liabilities, which kind of just took the money out. So I wasn't retaining any money. It just kept going out. And I started to change it to the point where my income was used to buy assets like stocks, real estate, bonds, treasury bills, businesses, blogs, YouTube channels, whatever, even Instagram, whatever it is that can earn you money, that's an asset. I started to buy more assets. And then what that did was ask and reduce my expenses. So now the assets give me more income that I can use to buy more assets. And it just grows from there. Focus on buying assets and cut down your liability. And in a couple of years, you start to see the difference. Um, so going forward for me, well, I started with, with index funds um, and mutual funds in Nigeria. And then I went on to individual companies. But I picked, especially last year, I started to pick, okay, which sectors run the American market? The tech sector, industry, manufacturing, things like that, communications. Those are the uh, markets I want to focus on in America. Mind you, I'm going to different countries over time, but the next place for me is the American market. So I've identified some of the sectors that I want to focus on in those markets. It's now left to identify either the individual companies or I can invest in company in index funds that invest in those sectors. So I can invest in an index fund that covers 500 companies in the tech sector, including Tesla, Amazon, Google, ETC. So I think you could buy one share of them. I can just own the whole thing. That's covers my exposure. Um, I also use this app called Bamboo. It's, it's for Nigerians. It's basically to give Nigerians living in Nigeria exposure to the dollar-denominated de markets, because then you hedge against inflation and against dollar de devaluation or Naira devaluation, because you're investing and earning in dollars. Um, you guys can use it too, but there's other ones that are specific to people who live in the UK or, or, or whatever. But that's what I use um, to invest in individual companies. I also use a company called Rise, uh, which again does the same thing, but it works kind of like a mutual fund where I can't pick the individual companies. I can only pick like a, an index fund to invest in. So they, they do the work for me. I just put the money in. So I'm using both of them and I'm comparing. The, the bamboo is a lot more my decisions, my own stocks. Rise is a lot more their stocks. I just put the money in and I'm trying to see who's performing better. Rise is definitely beating me on bamboo right now, but it's learning as I go. Um, in the long term, I want to go into um, agro business, agro tech, um, real estate as well. So it's just trying to outline my investment plan as I go step by step. So in summary, set a budget. 
understand where your money is going, how it's coming in, understand where, how you can start to cut your expenses and how you can start to save and invest slowly. Find the strategy that works for you. It took me three years to start to define what my strategy is, but you can cut that time by just reading and, and going on YouTube. YouTube is the best place to learn, in my opinion. You don't need to go to a course to learn how to invest. You can just find people who do that and just pick up on the words and stuff they, and things they pick on. And lastly, spread your risk. When I started three years ago, I was just in a Nigerian stock market. Now, it's the stock market, it's treasury bills, it's, it's mutual funds. I'm looking to go into real estate. There's a little bit of aggro in there. The, the whole idea with that is if the stock market crashes or the stock market in Nigeria crashes, the stock market in the UK may not be doing too badly. If that crashes, you still get your rental income from the properties you own. So you're not relying on one source of income to, to kind of sustain you. They're all kind of working in tandem. And if one falls, the other ones kind of just keep it afloat. Um, some of the key resources that I've come across, Rich Dad Poor Dad is probably the book that most people who invest or think about financial freedom have read. Um, I'm currently reading it for the second time. It's really good in understanding the difference between assets and liabilities and why you need to just acquire more assets. The Intelligent Investor, which was what Mafe um, spoke about, it's also a book I'm currently reading. It's a lot more detailed, but again, it focuses on the investing side. Rich Dad is about more asset accumulation and, and financial freedom. The Intelligent Investor goes into a little bit more detail about investing. But then Google, YouTube, those are your best friends. I've learned more from YouTube than I have reading a book because I'm a visual learner. I, I understand images better than words. So you can always find content out there as long as you just keep looking for it. And the way YouTube works, the more you look for it, the more videos get recommended. Um, lastly, I'll end with this quote. Successful investing is about owning businesses and reaping the huge rewards provided by the dividends and the earnings growth of the world's corporation. So tell you now i own apple um i don't sit at the table i don't make decisions but i'm an owner of apple i'm an owner of gt back in nigeria so anytime i walk in and customer service is giving me grief i look at them like don't you know that i own this company because that's the truth you own companies you invest in and you have to start thinking about it like that don't look at it as the numbers and whether they're paying dividends or whether they they have um, had a lot of revenue this year. Look at it as I own this business and this business is working for me, right? So it would help you to make decisions going forward in terms of is this a good business to invest in or is this a good business that I'm investing in because I like them or because they, they have points that their competitors don't have. So think about if you think about it as an owner. Thank you, and that will be all. Okay, Dami, thank you so much for um, your information. Um, I said before, I was taking notes at the whole thing, so um, I've also learned a lot myself. Um, in this moment, does anybody have any questions for Dami? I mean, we're about to go into a Q&A now, um, so if you have your questions, please feel free to ask. Um, someone asked, what are treasury bills? 
Right, so treasury bills, I'll speak about the ones in Nigeria. I'm not too sure about the UK market, but treasury bills are basically the government-backed government financial instruments that are discounted. So when you buy a treasury bill, they would tell you you would get maybe 13 to 18% in a year or six months, depending on how long you hold it for. And what it just means is you bought it at a 13 to 18% discount. And when you when it comes to maturity, you would get the, the interest or the final full payment. And it's backed by the Nigerian government, so it's a lot more secure than a lot of other things like the stock market. The only thing is interest rates aren't fixed. So the last one I did was late 2019, early 2020, and that was at 13% for a year. Right now, that same treasury bill is 0.3% because of um, the market, the situation with the market and just interest rates in general. So the same treasury bill isn't advisable right now. So it's about looking at the different factors at play and understanding what may be your best option right now. Uh, yeah, I hope I answered that. Yeah, but I just wanted to add that the principle that uh, Dami has just mentioned about treasury, treasury bills, the principle applies for treasury bills everywhere in the world. The interest rate differs, but what Dami just described about what treasury bills are applies everywhere in the world, all of the countries. Okay. Um, someone else asked, how do you enter the foreign market from Nigeria? Um, so if you wanted to do mutual funds, for example, you could, there's, you could go through an uh, investment broker. I use Investment One, which is it was an investment branch of GT Bank, but it's its own entity now. Mm. There's hundreds. You have Stambic Bank. You have um, FBN. There's hundreds of them. The thing is, they all offer, they, they look at the same thing. So mutual funds, index funds, they usually track or, or, or try to beat the same um, funds that they're tracking, right? So what makes them different is how much you pay for fees and their performance on those same things. So you just need to take the information in, ask questions, take the information in, and then just compare the funds and you go from there. But it's pretty easy to, to jump into. I'm not sure if there's any apps that you could use for funds. You can use them for stocks, but I'm not sure about the funds. But it's just easier just Googling the company, calling them up and see what funds are available. Um, yeah, I could also email use them if you choose to. Okay. Um... Shia asked, um, please could you explain a bit more about what ETFs are? So e ETFs and index funds are basically, uh, I'll use the explanation for mutual funds to try and explain that. So mutual funds, they're actively managed by people, i.e. that someone who's saying buy this company, buy that, that, that company, sell this. So that's what your fees are attracted to. Now, their fees are usually higher than index or ETF funds, mutual funds, right? Another thing is their performance is based off the person who's managed. So if they're a good fund manager, they would perform pretty decently. If they're not, it would affect how the fund performs. Now, with an index or ETF fund, um, first of all, the fees are lower because they're not managed by people. It's usually... Um, computers, algorithms, robots that kind of match or track um, a part of the market. So you might have an index fund that tracks S&P 500. The S&P 500 is its own 
fund in itself that covers the top 500 companies in America. But you have an index fund that focuses on the growth companies in the S&P 500 or the value companies or the dividend paying companies, or you can have an index fund that focuses specifically on the tech sector in America, right? So it would only focus on the tech sector. And because it's passively managed, i.e. it's almost automated, the fees are a lot reduced. You're not paying as much as you might pay on a mutual fund that does the same thing. And it may also perform better because you've taken the human factor out of it. What happens is a lot more. It's just automated, like I said. So if a company isn't performing great, the algorithm and that fund might move things around to make sure that you get a decent return. So um, they're kind of like the same, just one is actively and one is passively managed. And then that affects the fees you pay. Um, I don't know if Dr. Remy wants to add a little bit more on that. Yeah, you've, you've described it perfectly. I think uh, basically what they do, especially ETFs, ETFs, uh, they tend to be very flexible and a good way to start investing because they can track, like you rightly said, they can track different countries in the um, stock market, they can track industries. So for example, if you want to invest in a tech sector where you don't know what tech company to buy, you can buy an ETF that tracks the whole tech sector if you want to invest in the pharmaceutical sector because of COVID vaccine, but you don't know what pharmaceutical company to invest in, you just buy an ETF that tracks the whole pharmaceutical sector. So that's what, just like you rightly said, Dami, they're very good financial instruments, index funds and ETFs to just track stock markets and industries without having to worry about individual companies. Sorry, one last thing, one last benefit is it gives you diversification and exposure. So yeah. one of the risks people have is they have too much money in one company. Let's say you have an account that totals is about a thousand pounds, but 500 pounds is an Apple. Anything that happens to Apple is gonna shift your portfolio heavy, right? With an index fund, if you had the same 500 pounds that you had in Apple, but you had that 500 pounds in an index fund that looked at the tech companies, it would have that 500 pounds spread across Apple, Google, Amazon, Tesla, whatever. So if Apple is doing badly, but Google, Tesla, Amazon are doing well, those good performances would kind of counteract Apple's struggles. So in terms of diversification and mitigating your risk, index funds are a good way to go. I try and balance out my individual companies with index funds as well, so I have more exposure in the market. I mean, I, I understood. I'm definitely going to get an ETF after this. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um, Toby asked, as a beginner investor, is it wiser to invest a low-risk investment, for example, index funds that actually buy shares in companies? Um, for me, I would say it's not that it's wiser, but it gives you, like I said, the exposure. So no, no matter how little you're investing, you have like an S&P 500, you already have 500 companies, right? So for your investment goals, you have to ask those questions. But as a beginner, yes, definitely in my opinion, I would say, because what you could do is go into in the index funds, it gives you the information of the companies that are in there, how much of those companies. So Apple may only be 20% of that fund. Google may be 5%. So it, it's not also spread evenly. So what you could do is you can invest in the index funds and then you can also look at the companies in them and then invest in the individual companies, right? The, 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 what would make the difference is 
for me, some of those companies, like for example, I'm, I invest in companies that pay dividends. A lot of the tech companies don't pay dividends, like the, the Teslas, Amazons, Netflix. They don't pay. Apple does, Microsoft does, but they pay tiny dividends. Now, to offset that, I can invest in Apple and Microsoft, those are tech companies that pay dividends, and then I can invest in an index one that invests in the tech sector, so I have the rest that don't pay dividends, but then I'm also getting the benefits of those companies because I own them in a basket. So definitely go into index funds to build your confidence and then go from there. Awesome. Kemi just says, thank you. I've dusted off my copy of Till by... Um... Benjamin Graham, thanks, Marie and Dami. I forgot I had this book. You see, this is one of these events mm -hmm. so that we can get the books of our bookshelf. Um, <laughs> Elle said, I've seen a few apps geared towards helping you invest your spare change from transactions. Do you have any thoughts about these? Um, sorry, can you repeat that one more time? Sorry, I broke um, up a bit. Elle said, I've seen a few apps geared towards helping you invest your spare change from yeah. transactions. Do you yeah. have any thoughts about these? Um, I think they're great because one of the issues people have is building the discipline, building the habit, right? Um, so you would be shocked how much money you can save if you stop spending on things you don't need. And with, I spoke about Moneybox in my presentation. Moneybox for me was one of them. All it did was it took maximum maybe 50p because I wasn't usually, I usually don't spend with my cards, but you took 50p and then I think an extra 10 pounds a month. And in two years, I saved out about 2,000 pounds from that. That was already invested for me. So if, if those apps would help you to start investing without thinking and will show you how much in terms of compounding you can grow your wealth with just tiny, tiny um, um, investments. I wouldn't say rely on them, but like the index ones at the start, they're definitely worth having, 100%. Great. Um, so, um, Rere, feel free to also add anything because we're in the Q&A section now. Um, we've got five more minutes for this. Um, Toby said, where can I buy index funds and ETFs with respect to my specific interests, e.g. growth companies and value companies? You could, you, so they spoke about Hargreaves Lansdowne, which is a UK company. In America, you've got Schwab, you've got Fidelity, and Nigeria, you've got a couple of the other companies I spoke about. The key thing, right, is understanding that the index funds and ETFs can get you into anything. So you, you said, growth companies, for example. I like games, for video games, right? And there's literally ETFs for the video game sector that focuses just on video games or that focuses on electronics or that focuses on microprocessing chips that you put in computers, right? So, yes, you can find those ETFs and indexes. You just have to just Google it. Growth, growth ETFs, there's hundreds, thousands of them. So now find the one that works for you. You have to stop comparing. Okay, what's the difference between this one and this one? All the information is there. It's just putting it side by side so you can see the difference in their performance. But yeah, there's ETFs and indexes for everything from growth to value investing to hybrid investing as well. Um, great. So, I mean, um, Dr. Remy, Larry, do you have anything to say on that? Or has... I'll just say something in general. Um, it's more like a disclaimer. <laughs> uh, in general, uh, because obviously, 
the reason why uh, Rere, Efe, and Dami are speaking like this and speaking like uh, professional investors and speaking with so much knowledge is because of the information and education they've had in investing. So I would just be saying, you know, be careful, do make sure you get adequate information, like they said themselves, do adequate research. Uh, there's a lot more to understand and learn about investing, the principles of investing, fundamental analysis, exactly what an index fund and exactly what an ETF is, how to analyze stocks. So I think this session was just to sort of introduce and open up people's minds that you can start to make money like Rere, FA and uh, Dami and start to make wise financial decisions. And this stock market thing is not as complicated as people make it out to be. So I think that's the aim of the session, just for people to see yeah. people like themselves, like Dami, Rary, and FA actually involved in the stock market. It's not something that is just meant for all people in, the, in, the, in Wall Street or all people in London Stock Exchange. Everyone can get into it. But I just want to emphasize the fact that, you know, Rary, Dami, and FA, you know, they've... Um, They've done a lot of work, they've done a lot of studying, they've done a lot of reading. Uh, like they've said, they've been to my courses, they've learned, and that's why they're speaking like Warren Buffett. So mm -hmm. I just want to be careful that people don't just go out there and start buying stuff without <laughs> adequate yeah. knowledge. And, and then say, yeah, and then they'll say, Remy said, Rare said, <laughs> you know, so this, they, they are talking from a, a, from a background of wealth, knowledge, and, and learning. Sorry, can I just say one more thing with regard to the stock market and investing? Um, so yeah, yeah, go ahead. Just, just a summary from my end. Um, I hope you picked up that investing isn't just fixed on the stock market. You can go into other assets. For me, it was just a thing of building blocks over time. And then furthermore, with regard to the question of when you get in, when you start and then when you get out, right? So for me, it's also a thing of any companies that I'm buying, I'm looking at companies that could be here in 50 to 100 years. I would probably not be here in 100 years, but that's kind of how I try to look at it. If it's a company that is going down in terms of their performance, sales, or whatever, it's probably not a good company to invest in. And when, in terms of when to get out, because I've said a 5, 10, 20 year period, I don't plan on getting out on these companies, except let's say the thing that made them unique. So, for example, if you look at BlackBerry or Nokia, there was an industry leaders for years and then they're gone, right? So, I wouldn't advise you should just stay in a stock or a company blindly. But the moment you start to realize that, okay, for example, Apple hasn't really made any new products in years. They just keep bringing out improvements of the same ones. If they continue that for the next five, 10 years, Sony Ericsson is probably going to overtake them or, or, or Samsung because of the new flip phones and things like that. So those are the things you kind of need to think about. But for me, it's generally just a buy and hold mentality. Great. Thank you. Um, Tani, I don't know if you're, you're still on the, on the um, call, but I don't know if you want to just ask two more questions just because of time, if you're there. Oh, um, okay. Um, this is a personal question I had, but um, one was being that what advice would um, all of you give to young people who would like to start investing? Oh, start with Riri. What advice would you give to young people, Riri? Um, I think um, 
as Dami said, um, um, thinking about money and generally just like budgeting and thinking about your goals of your money and like your motivations for doing it. And um, I think that's a good place to start because once you have a goal, like then you can kind of work backwards and kind of see the steps towards it. And I guess just um, keeping informed. So like everyone said, um, YouTube videos, videos, attend seminars, and um, read books, um, and just find out as much information as possible. And then, yeah, yeah, just take the leap kind of thing. Dami? Yeah. yeah, and following up That's... on what she said, um, first thing, like I said, stay. Uh, stay because you don't want to be worried about when the market isn't doing great. And another reason is because a lot of the people who you see who took advantage of the major price dips in March, April, those were people who in 2010, 2008, when the last crash happened, they, they learned from that and they saved a bit so that when the next opportunity came, they could take advantage. I'm not saying just be saving and waiting for the next recession because you can't predict that. But if you have money on the side and you start doing those things like using the Moneybox app or you start buying index funds now, in a couple of years, if the market decides to correct itself again, you have that extra cash to jump in and take advantage. So definitely say, definitely read a lot, watch, watch YouTube videos, follow Instagram pages, and get a job. Um, for me, at the start, I was reliant on getting pocket money but that's money you don't work for and that's not sustainable they cut it off <laughs> some and secondly when you get a job you, 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 because you've worked for it you're less likely to just blow it and the more you can start to besides getting a job if you, if you can find ways to create value or, or 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 provide a service and get paid for as a side hustle it's just about opening those streams of income so if you have a nine to five and you're working as a waiter or waitress or whatever on the weekends, that's extra income you can then use in your savings and investing. So for a beginner, definitely read more, save, and just jump in. Great. Thank you, guys. Honestly, I've, this, this, this morning was so insightful um, about investing. I will definitely be checking all of your Instagram pages after this. Um, I'm forwarding it to my siblings so that, you know, we can also jump on board and and you know start investing so like i said at the beginning um there is a prize thank you dami for your instagram handle and um, he's put that in the chat everyone um there is a prize that is attached to um a question that is based on um the information that's been you know dispensed today um so if you know that you are taking note you're ready to answer this question get yourself ready so towards the end of uh, Dami's slide, there was um, an acronym. So what does T-G-O-R-O-W stand for? If you can put your answer in the, okay, you have to get all of them. There's one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> <laughs> there are six letters and you have, okay, someone said, you and I need to go back. Oh my goodness. Someone said, oh my gosh. Jennifer. Jennifer, Jennifer said topic, let's see, goal, outcome, reality, options, way forward. Yes. Yeah. No. 
Okay, clap for clap for Jennifer. She can... <laughs> Jennifer, congratulations on winning um, the prize. Now, um, if you can just um, put your, I think your email address um, into, well, if you want to send it privately to me, and then I will forward it to um, Tani, who will, you know, collect um, or yeah forward it to Tani who will you know send you the info on your prize congratulations Jennifer um but I think that's the end of today um so thank you everybody who has um joined um investing in my future um yes someone asked about the slides don't worry we'll get that email to you um so you don't need to worry about that i just want to reiterate um the handles instagram handles for our speaker today so rere's is r-e-r-e-o-l-x-o um f-a who was the first speaker his is ransom um all lowercase r-a-n-s-o-m underscore f-a and um dammies i know you've put yours in there it's probably it's probably dammy underscore s-o great only on Instagram. You can't find it anywhere else. But yeah, Dami on the phone as well. And then um, Dr. Remy's page is Next Gen Flex. So make sure that you check that out. And thank you, everybody, for joining today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for spending time with us. Great. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. You can feel free, feel free to... Um, All the best, everybody. And uh, rest free. We see all of you retired and business owners... Ownership, like they, like Debbie and FS said, ownership is the key. Don't always think about being an employee. Always think about, yeah, it's good to be an employee, get the money and the money, but think about ownership. 